Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. This is going to be a really helpful episode, Dustin, because with us we have Ruth Ayres. Ruth, welcome to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. And uh, Ruth Ayres is part of Self-Harm UK, and we're going to be talking in this episode about self-harm. So uh, before we get into it, tell us a little bit about yourself, Ruth, and tell us a little bit about Self-Harm UK and the work that you do. Okay, so um, I'm project manager for Self-Harm UK. My uh, background and history is in social work. So I uh, qualified as a social worker, gosh, six years ago now. Um, And before joining Self-Harm UK, I was... Uh, a child protection social worker for four years. Um, So I joined the project about six months ago. Uh, We are predominantly an online space for young people who are struggling with self-harm. So within that, we run a program called Illumina, um, which is a place that young people can come to start to think about their self-harm. It's an online space. Um, It gives them an opportunity to think about their self-harm and starting to think about perhaps some of their recovery. We have a website where young people can post questions um, and post their stories and we respond to those. Um, And we also offer a wide variety of training, both in schools and in churches and regionally across the UK. Fantastic. Now, I want to take it right right back to basics because I think that when we say self-harm, mm-hmm. the image that comes into the to, to our minds, the mind of a, of a youth worker, is somebody cutting themselves, probably on the arm. Yeah. Um, but self-harm is, is more than that isn't it so so can you can you really help us to understand what exactly is self-harm and what are the different forms that that can take yeah I think in its broadest sense um everybody has at some point in their life self-harmed so um it might be that um we overeat it might be that we know we have a business meeting at 8 a.m the next day but we stay up that extra three hours later to watch another you know four or five episodes of the box set and only get kind of three or four hours sleep and actually that that is detrimental to ourselves um for us as a charity we look specifically at when those uh, things that are detrimental become habitual and addictive and that can be what happens with self-harm um so we kind of split those into two areas so you have self-injury which is exactly what you're talking about cutting hair pulling punching walls burning yourself they're some of the uh, things that would fall under self-injury And then on the other side, you have harming behavior. So uh, we'd put things like eating disorders there. Um, A big thing that's happening, especially for boys at the moment, is a lot of over-exercise. I'm not talking about a healthy lifestyle. I'm talking about real high-level intensity over-exercising, teamed sometimes with under-eating. So we're seeing lots of boys um, who are sitting in that harming behavior sort of category, which doesn't always instantly speak to us as some kind of self-harm. Um, and you're right, self-injury in terms of cutting, uh, when anybody says self-harm, we more or less think 14-year-old girl cutting. Yeah. That That is where our mind goes to. My mind's blown already, <laughs> like, seriously, because I, I would have been one of those people that would have maybe thought one or two of those things that yeah. you said, but... Wow, that that is a, a wide variety of, of of different forms, and it's an on it's an ongoing thing, isn't it? it? It's you know this is we're not just talking about the young person that skips meals. We're talking about young people who um, become sort of addicted, and those things become habits. We're talking about the ongoing long term effect of self injury and self harm, and that's really different to um, 
somebody who yes yeah, skips meals or doesn't go to bed early enough you know but we, we have to be aware that in its broadest sense we've all at some point I guess harmed ourselves and I think you know things like drug abuse that would massively sit in harming behavior um over kind of excess alcohol um sexually promiscuous relationships you know that are, that are to the extreme that are becoming harmful you know to young people it's, it's it's it can be very broad but it can be very specific as well and we have to start with the broad stuff i guess yeah to be able yeah. to support um ruth could you share with us uh, and, and for all the listeners just some of the stats the facts yeah. of, of just self-harm in young people yeah, there was um, an article in The Guardian, actually, uh, very recently at the beginning of this month that said um, cutting in, in young women has gone up by 385%. Wow. Um, so wow. that's huge. So The Guardian did some research um, into a specific time of year, and then they redid that piece of research, and the NHS came back and said that that's how much it's increased. Wow. Um, Young Minds, who are a really good charity, they did uh, a thing called Talking Taboos a few years ago. And the stats that came out of that were one in five 15-year-olds say that they regularly self-harm. And I think what we have to remember with stats is this is people who have reported it. So the stats will be less than the reality Mm. um, because we're like with things like domestic violence and things like that, we rely on the public and young people stepping forward and taking part in these surveys. So if it's one in five 15 year olds, it's probably higher than that because that's only the young people that step forward and were prepared to be part of that um, research. 10 to 13 year old, 10, 10 to 13 percent of young people self-harm that was another one that came out of talking to booze um and the sort of uh the the onset age is about 12 um and i guess that's interesting because if you think of 12 there's quite a lot of transitions going on for young people when they're 12 new school um even if you regularly attend church it's probably the time that you move from children's work to youth work your body's changing you're perhaps feeling slightly more distant from your parents like 12 is a massively transitional age for young people and it could be a time where they feel quite out of control with the things that are going on in their life so it's not it's not surprising really that 12 is the age that young people perhaps start to use self-harm to cope wow um what should youth workers be looking for within their their youth group youth clubs um with young people and self-harming that's a really good question and i think it's undoubtedly the things that um youth workers find hardest i think like any you know if you think about if you're looking for a young person that's perhaps being emotionally abused at home you'd look for somebody who's withdrawn who perhaps doesn't have much self-confidence and actually they can be quite similar it can be difficult to differentiate between a young person that is self-harming and other forms of abuse that might be happening to them um but i think what we need to really be careful of with young people is that we try and refrain from asking them outright about their self-harm if we can help it it's an acutely personal thing for lots of people and young people can feel like it's the only way they can cope and the guilt and the shame that young people feel when they are self-harming is really massive and to have somebody sit with you and say can I ask you if you're self-harming can be like somebody shining a torch into the deepest darkest part of your life really um 
I mean, it sounds really stereotypical, but young people who are reluctant to wear shorts in the summer, perhaps if they self-harm their legs, uh, if cutting is the way that they harm young people who are perhaps reluctant to wear short sleeves. I mean, that's really general. And please, if you've got a young person in your youth group that always wears long sleeves, don't think it's, you know, don't jump to conclusions. But that can be a sign, you know, even in really hot weather, young people who feel reluctant to expose their arms um, can say something uh young people who talk the way they talk about themselves i'd say listen listen to the language that your young people are using about themselves you know if they're talking you know with terms that are quite self-loathing it's it's worth kind of exploring that a bit with them um anger is a big one when it comes to self-harm if you've got a young person who's showing particular anger um that can often be a sign but it's really tough to spot um so it, I guess it's just about noting down differences in behaviour or changes in behaviour that, that you might have seen. I'm just thinking on, on, on the other side of that coin. So you're talking there about when it's hidden, when mm-hmm. young people, they, they don't want you to know. It's, de- it's deeply personal. But I've had the experience in, in, you know, in my time in youth ministry of experiencing young people who um, are self-harming and it's like they want the world to see it. Mm. So they might have cuts on their arms and will always wear short sleeves. Yeah. Why is that? Is that like, uh, I'm crying out for somebody to ask me about it yeah. and just to help me and come into my life. Is it, is it because it's, it's begun to form part of their identity? I'm a self-harmer, that's who I am. Yeah. That's how I understand myself. Mm-hmm. W- w- what's behind that? I think it could be any of those things. And I think what we know about youth work is it is incredibly complex and no two young people are the same. And I think if you've got a young person who is explicitly showing their scars or their cuts, it could be that they've become a bit more at peace with what's going on and they want to talk about it and they want to, and that kind of um, showing showing their arms could be a way of saying, actually, I'm ready to talk about this. Uh, it could become part of their identity. It could have become, I think one of the things that we talk a lot about when we talk about self-harm is that it's in inverted commas, attention seeking. And I think, that that language is really negative for young people and I think we I think the first question we have to ask ourselves is is there anything wrong with young people wanting to to be noticed um and actually we all want attention that that's that's implicit to who we are we all want people to ask us how we're doing to take an interest in us and if young people have got to the point where the only way they can get that attention is through harming themselves then we as the youth workers in their lives are not doing something right that's not their problem that's us um and i think it's about that that whole thing of are they oh well she she displays her scars she must be doing it just for attention or he must be doing it just for attention i think we have to be really careful again about the language that we use um and i and i guess it's when that young person's ready to talk they'll perhaps tell you why they're showing their arms and it's about space to allow that young person to talk to you about how they feel about their scars and their cuts and it's about time and love and empathy um shown in really practical ways that allow young people to then say well i'm showing my scars because of this reason mm. well th- this is such great advice and, y- and you're already beginning to touch on uh, where we want to land this conversation which is once that um self-harm uh, in whatever form it is has been disclosed or identified yeah at that point then how does a youth worker pastor uh, disciple that young person and handle that information appropriately what are yeah. the steps that they should begin to take to to have that journey with a young person 
Um, I would definitely say consult your policy and if your church doesn't have a self-harming policy then write one. Uh, Youthscape can help with that, Self-Harm UK can help with that a little bit and if you go on our website you can see how we can help. Um, It's really important that you have a clear policy within your church. Um, We don't have a national safeguarding, uh, a national policy around self-harm. We have a safeguarding policy but we don't have one around self-harm and there's a big debate actually about where self-harm sits in terms of safeguarding and that's a continued discussion that is way bigger than this podcast but needs to be continued to have. Um, I think it's really important that you consult with your kind of next your line manager whoever's next up to you whether that's your vicar or and you take some advice collaboratively about how you support this young person um I think it's a it's about space and it's a person to feel ready to talk about what's going on for them I would really suggest you don't tell a young person to stop harming um and that can be our natural instinct and of course I we all understand the reasons why but actually that doesn't deal with the root of the problem and what can begin to happen not in all cases but what can begin to happen is that young people will stop visibly harming okay so you've told me to stop harming so I'll stop punching walls or cutting my arms or putting my hair out but what they can do then is move into that more harmful behavior so they can think well I'll control myself by not eating or I'll control myself by um perhaps eating lots and, and and purging. And so I think when we tell young people to stop harming, what we don't do is deal with the reason why they began. So it's about helping them to unpack why they feel self-harm um, helps them, what, what they benefit from it, how we can help. That would be the main question I'd ask a young person. What do you need from us to help you to start to think about what's happening? What can we do to support you um, around these these things that you're you're sharing with us um I would definitely say don't ignore you know don't ignore it if a young person discloses to you don't just sweep it under the carpet and you know hear that disclosure and not talk to them about it again try and keep the conversation going don't ignore them don't ignore what they've told you but also when they do disclose it to you be confident in moving the conversation on don't leave them having told you something really difficult you know have the opportunity to talk about other things um as well and i and i think the the biggest thing is is you can f- i think young people who self harm can feel incredibly lonely and like god isn't there and where's god in our silence where's god when we feel like he's so far away and i guess it's about helping young people to know that god implicitly loves them and god is there for them as are we you know and it's that practical support and help that can help young people to kind of come out the other side i don't know if that helps i felt like it was a bit garbled but no um, i mean this is gold ruth this is phenomenal (laughs) phenomenal advice and um i just think that thing that you said there about dealing with what's actually behind Mm. the issue rather than the issue itself is just i mean that's a discipleship principle absolutely that goes beyond self-harm yeah. it's just a discipleship principle yeah. we deal with the things that are in in the in the heart absolutely above all else guard your heart because yeah. everything you do flows from yeah it. you know when when the jesus addressed the pharisees yeah said, look you, you you whitewash tombs absolutely you know, it looks good on the outside but there's something yeah. in the re- and and that, that it, we've got to deal with stuff at, at the heart with the root of these issues because um, if we just deal with the the practical stuff, whether it's an addiction to pornography yep. or it's a sexually promiscuous yep. relationship or yep. if it's self harm, yep. then that, as you said, that behaviour will 
come again in another Absolutely. form because yeah. we haven't dealt with it actually at the root. And so what are maybe the identity issues that exist behind the self-harming or what are the things that are really in the Absolutely. heart? And, and that's where we focus our discipleship. And we would say as a charity that self-harm is a coping mechanism for underlying emotional trauma or stress. Um, and that could be anything from a young person experiencing abuse from somebody else and using it to cope or somebody feeling bullied at school or somebody having huge amounts of pressure placed on them at school. You know, what self-harm becomes is it becomes a way for some young people, not all, but for some young people to cope. And until we deal with what's going on, I see on the surface that you've started pulling your hair out because you're not coping. What is it you're not coping with? And how do we help you? What alternatives can we give you alongside some really good um, discipleship or talking therapies? Or And I think we feel frightened, especially within church around young people and mental health, that we're going to say the wrong thing. So we just don't say anything. <laughs> and I think sometimes it's about saying you know, I, I see that this is really difficult for you. How can we help you? Um, and some, for some young people, maybe they do want you to ignore it, but for other young people, our silence sends a message of perhaps it, it makes them feel like we don't care. Um, and I think it's just allowing young people the space and time they need to share and talk about wh what's going on for them. Brilliant. Okay, last question then as, yeah. as we wrap this up, Ruth. We... we Obviously, short podcasts have just begun to, you know, really helpful, but just begun to scratch the surface yep. of, of these issues. So for the youth worker listening yep. who is dealing with this in, in their own youth group and they just need to find out a bit more, they need a bit more help, support, what are some great resources that you could recommend through Self-Harm UK or otherwise yep. that will, will help them as to help their young people? Yeah. So we have some excellent uh, playing cards, um, which is they're called talking about emotion playing cards. And they're a normal pack um, of playing cards. But on the on the cards, they've got questions. So one of the questions is, when was the last time you felt supported? Um, another one of the questions might be somebody would say self-harm is OK because it doesn't hurt anybody else. What do you think about that? And the whole ethos and premise around this is that you can play normal card games with young people and then you have an opportunity to open up and ask questions about their emotional well-being and how they're feeling and how they cope with stuff so if you've got a young person that you're perhaps finding particularly difficult to mentor or you feel like your sessions are just a bit closed they're really great to start those kind of conversations um i think we our website we have um perhaps not resources but there's lots of information on there about self-harm so there's some myths and some facts that can be helpful um there's loads of posts so for example a few weeks ago we had a counselor write a post about how she would help and support a young person who was self-harming um we have lots of different people that write for us who can give advice and help and information you can also email us from there so if there's something you're worried about or you're in a particular setting um you can kind of uh, get in touch with us that way young minds is a great one as is the childline website childline now are offering 24 7 counseling for young people online so you can go and log on any time of the night or day nighttime can often be difficult for young people who are self-harming especially if they're cutting it can become quite a lonely period so you can go onto their website and there's a little bit of a waiting room that you sit in and then you'll see a counsellor um one-to-one -one. and what a great resource for young people to be able to access that for free um at any time of the day really um we also have so illumina which is the the, the kind of online program 
the leaders books and you could do that with a group of young people in your church or one-to-one with a young person you could work through that program with them um so yeah there's a few kind of things uh, that hopefully would help That's good wow ruth this is uh this is so good tim i feel like we should charge people just <laughs> to listen to this per minute um so good so helpful um thanks for your time we no appreciate worries. what you're doing thank you so much thanks for listening to the limitless leadership podcast we want to make sure that the limitless leadership podcast is tackling the issues that affect you in youth ministry so email us at info at limitlesselam.co.uk to let us know the issues you'd like us to discuss Stay in touch with us on social media. We're at Limitless Elam on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, the iTunes, or however you get your podcast. See you next time.